afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and I am not alone in the studio. Spartacus was telling you the truth. I have some guests with me today. I'm very fortunate to have uh, three gentlemen who came all the way from uh, Santa Ana to come down and talk to me. I have um, Ed Murashi. He's the president of the Floral Park Association, Residence Association there. I have Louis Picora who is a longtime resident, and I have Edwin Power. So welcome, gentlemen. Th- thanks for coming down. Thanks for having us. All right. We'll get up right on those microphones. Th- We're going to have to get a little housekeeping here because okay. you guys are the star of the show. You can go ahead and move that one if you want closer to you, Edwin. That's fine. And so Floral Park, tell me a little bit about what what is Floral Park? If somebody has never been there, what is what is it that we're talking about today? Mm-hmm. It's a neighborhood association that was set up in the 1980s. When I was a kid, these things didn't exist. It was (laughs) split up kind of like Little League. Uh So there was Northeast Santa Ana, which was a Little League set up on one side of the freeway. And then there was Northwest Santa Ana, which was the other side of of the freeway. Then when people became more interested in having some kind of input as far as traffic and and different activities that were going on uh, they kind of followed French Park okay French Park was a historic district that was maybe the first one that got Hmm. outlined and different people uh, one of the major activists at the time was Michelle Morrissey and she headed up the the neighborhood association for a while and they uh, talked to different people like Tim Rush and they other people from that had some experience mm. suggested a more manageable size that the whole north end of town you know wasn't going to work as well and so that's how Floral Park uh, got established. So Floral Park, it's it's a neighborhood, and it's historic uh, homes. It's historic now. It didn't start out that way. It was just a neighborhood of homes. And when did Floral Park really come to be? What was the timing of the historic, like when people were starting to build homes there? Well, the first Floral Park was really rather small. It was just a two-square mm. block area between 17th and 19th mm. to the south and the north, and then to the west it was Flower and to the east it was Greenleaf Street and Honer and uh, his partners got a hold of the property and started Floral Park. So when you look at the maps and the different smaller subdivisions that exist in that throughout Santa Ana, mm-hmm. you see this little area called Floral Park and it was a neater name than anything else. The biggest subdivision from the 20s was North Broadway Estates. Uh, that sounds fancy. And and that was <laughs> that was that was a little bit larger. Okay. And the north end of the of the area, and that was uh, to the south. It would have been uh, Santa Clara, and to the north, it would have been Santiago Creek, and so then Flower to Broadway. So Floral Park it is starting to come into being in the twenties, in the nineteen twenties, and it's. If I correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys know the mm-hmm. answers. Um, but Floral Park was basically uh, after people were coming home, the, you know, GIs coming home from World War One, and were wanting to kind of settle in the area. Is that right? They wanted to build homes and kind of have their areas, and and they were kind of gravitating to certain architectural styles that maybe they had seen overseas, and so you get this kind of interesting collection of different styles of homes that you find in in Floral Park. Is that, am I on the right track with that? And you also get a Hollywood effect. 
Okay. Hollywood sets, you could kind of build what you wanted to. A lot of the houses have a great frontage, and then things simplify toward the back and the back of the house. <laughs> well, Lewis, describe for me. You've lived <coughs> in Floral Park now. You, you told me before the show. You've lived there for in the same house for 57 years. Seven years, years yes. <laughs> which is amazing. 60 years in Floral Park, which was a very later name for that, because when I came to Santa Ana, there was no nothing. A, gr- a small group, and I, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name who was passed away. We started what was called the Northwest Homeowners Association. Okay. Well, that took all of the Northwest in, which was just tremendous. But but that was a start, as as was said, and that was important. And I don't know if those who came out of the army would have settled in Floral Park because okay. I think it was just a little too expensive for them to buy homes in Floral Park. So, so the way I got to Floral Park was a study that I was studying at Columbia University. I wanted to move to California. So I did a study there, what I can get. And I said, I knew the growth was going to be out of Los Angeles. I didn't like Los Angeles. So my study said everything was Orange County. And when I came to Orange County, I said, they're all orange groves. <laughs> and coming from New York City to Orange County was like, and my partner says, are we going to live in this little hick down Santa Ana? My, I said, all the research tells me this is going to be a fantastic, and look what it is now. Yeah. It was going to be fantastic growth, and as we would go to L.A. for the opera, go to the L.A. for the shows, now it's the same right in Orange County. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's how I got to Orange County, actually. I had a roommate who was my, I was lived, he, and I says, I love, I love Orange County, but those ugly cookie-cutter houses, I don't want, I can't live in that kind of stuff. And I hate the ranch style. Excuse me, but I don't, I'm living much for ranch style. Coming from back east, I think I was looking for more traditional. So my roommate says, I'll take you to a place you'd like to live. I was born in Santa Ana. So when I came out to visit him, no freeways. We drove on Garden Grove Boulevard, came right over to Flower, made a right on Park Boulevard, a left on Park Boulevard. And I said, now this is where I want to live. These are what I call homes. Oh, and, and what, describe right. what it was like. I mean, how many homes were, were in the neighborhood, if you could guess? Around? Well, it was a well-developed neighborhood. By I then, mean, there were established. If you had one or two empty lots somewhere, that was about it. But that was very, it was really built out. Yeah. And of course, as my partner could say here, anyone who was anyone lived in North Park Boulevard, which was called, not North Park Boulevard, but all of the North End was called the Beverly Hills of Orange County. That was the first time I heard of another name, Beverly Hills of Orange County. And it does have that feel, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to, to Floral Park today and you're driving down and you enter right there and it's it's got this wonderful boulevard and, and you know, the lawns that go up mm-hmm. to the homes. And, and that's just something that isn't done anymore. The, the land isn't devoted to yards and parkways and things um, like they are in Floral Park. So it is. It has that feeling like you're up in, in Beverly Hills right. or Bel Air driving around those neighborhoods. Um, would you say that having lived there for 60 years and, and, and forgive me, Edwin, how long have you lived in Floral Park? Uh, my parents moved just to the about eight blocks to the north in 1963. Okay. So, so you, it was quite a while. It's been a while. So I, went, mm-hmm. I, was, I got there just in time to go to elementary school and in in junior high into Santa Ana High School, which is the oldest high school in the county. So there was some depth 
Oh, yeah. That, that was there that was kind of interesting. Well, so does it today, I mean, you've been there a very long time. Is this really a place that kind of time forgot? Is it really just like a, a progress forgot? Is it this little isolated island of history there in Floral Park? I, Have you seen big changes or is it a lot the I, same? I think it's I think it's a little better known because of the time of the home tours <laughs> uh-huh. and the different activities. If you go back maybe to the 1960s and the 1970s, it was a little less known. Yeah. And it was a little better hidden in, during that period of, during that period of time. Well, what was Santa Ana even like? Then I mean that was kind of like the bigger city in Orange County, wasn't it? I mean this was the the main downtown. It was the, it was the county seat. It had the oldest high school in <coughs> in the county. Um, there were a lot of different types of facilities. Um, the E Bell Club was much larger and much more active. And and the E Bell Club and it had a function of uh, educating women. The, the professor that came down from San Francisco who had come from the university in Berlin thought that women at the turn of the century should be speaking foreign languages and should be involved in, in uh, international uh, activities. And so that, that uh, kind of a club really flourished and it became really substantial in the 1950s and 60s. So Santa Ana definitely are the center of culture, you'd say, the center of, it was the civic center, certainly, um, the county seat, as you said, Um, but that's probably also where you would go for your shopping, the main stores and things like that. Tell me a little bit. Yes, it was a shopping center. That was downtown, and that had the the, uh, uh, only, what I call, uh, what was the name of the department store that was downtown? One department store that had all the the fourth four le- levels of it well there was pennies there Bullocks? was there no was before Rankin's, before there was, pennies there was rankin's clothing store uh, bullocks no bullocks was bullocks bullocks came bullocks was the the shopping center of its time uh, and north uh, that was called the uh, what was that called that um uh, was before uh, south coast plaza it was the area which which was in North Santa Ana, also beautiful restaurants. Yeah, what, what oh, were Buffums. some of Nordstrom, Buffums. Buffums. Nordstrom's was there. Buffums was there. Not Bollocks. I Magnet. I Magnet. Yes, right. where my mother would buy all her clothes at I Magnet. Very fancy. It was the the center. That was the first really shopping center. I, what you would call what they call our shopping centers now. It was a beautiful center. Restaurants. Very, very, very Where high was the best scores. place to eat, the fancy place to eat in Santa Ana back in the 60s? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going off script. I didn't tell you I was going to be talking about this, so that's yeah. not fair what of me. I'm, yes. I'm just curious. I'm just thinking of the, that. Shea Sh- Curry. Shea Curry. Shea Curry was the Main place Street. on Main Street. Yeah. And then there was a center that they attempted to build, remember? And they had some many good restaurants in there, but that didn't just didn't, didn't turn out. So if you the Fashion Square was the was the place at the time. The restaurants marvelous, excellent wine shops. Uh, that was the South Coast Plaza of its time. Let's put it that way. And this is before development really started moving south Orange yeah. County. That was it was most of everybody in the neighborhoods and things yeah. were living in North Orange County near Santa Ana mm-hmm. and um, Fullerton right. and the the northern. Um, cities of Orange County. Well, the county pretty, uh, the city pretty ended at Santa Ana. Uh-huh. South of it wasn't, which is now with all Irvine, all that was. Uh, yeah. 
orange trees and beautiful drive uh, in the spring through the orange uh, orange trees and uh, that was the end well I heard and, and I've seen some older pictures of Floral Park and that it was orange groves within Floral Park yes it was I still have three remaining orange trees from the orange grove in my garden oh. which is fortunate most neighbors still have one or two trees and some have the vanilla walnut trees but they're harder to maintain Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, I, you know, and I'm going to get Ed involved in the conversation because he's hiding behind the little, you know, console here. He, he thinks I've forgotten about him. But, <laughs> <laughs> Ed Marashi, I want you to talk to me a little bit about, I know you said that you you are a newcomer to Floral Park, relative newcomer. and But you came here in search of the history as well. And that your house, tell me a little bit about the story about the house that you have was originally not allowed to be in the historic register. Is that right? Give me that background. That's right. What happened was about seven years ago, I I love vintage homes, so I started going to different city home tours. And one of the ones I went to was Anaheim City's home and garden tour. And there we had a booth with Floral Parks talking about their home and garden tour. And I said, well, I got to go check out that one. So when I went there, uh, beautiful place. One of the things I always get from people when they come to work on the house, like a plumber will come out to Santa Ana. He'll come out and he'll drive in the neighborhood and the first thing he'll say is, oh my God, I didn't know this place existed. <laughs> this is incredible. Because, you know, their vent, their idea of Santa Ana is a little different than when you drive into Floral Park. And so that's the first thing I got. Well, that was the same impression I got when I drove through it. And it took a, quite a while to finally find a home in Floral Park because they would flip really quick yeah. uh, because people would stay in them forever, as, as obviously Lou <laughs> points out. And so whenever I looked at a home, I would go to the city and I would say, hey, could this become a historical property? And then they would say, well, yes, it could, or yes, no, it won't, or whatever. In my case, I finally found one home, uh, and I found it actually through the home tour. Uh, One of the docents, I mentioned going into the home, I said, you know, I would really love to buy a home in this neighborhood. And he says, oh, the lady across the street's working on her house, getting ready to sell it. Why don't you go talk to her? So immediately walking out of that home, I went straight there and talked to her and we struck up a deal and that's the home I bought. Um, when I talked to the city, they said, no, it won't qualify. Back in the 70s, they put texture coat, they changed the whole look and feel of the house, made it look more like a New Orleans style property and, and I said, okay, I'm going to work on this. So I literally stripped off the texture coat, put back the original stucco finish and the whole nine yards. One of the things they also did with the previous homeowner was they glued padding to the hardwood floor and glued carpeting to that because, you know, in a certain area in the 70s, nobody wanted hardwood floors. Was it shag carpeting? Yeah. Oh, no. And and so they, and and it literally took the guys four days to scrape it off. Oh, my goodness. And finally, I got it all finished and they said, yes, put it up for the um, historic registry, which I did, and fortunately got voted in. So right now we have about 170 homes in Floral Park that are on the Santa Ana Historic Registry. And I know people right now as they're listening, if they haven't been to Floral Park, you're going to get people that are going to want to get in their cars and come up there. How do they find you exactly um, from the freeways? What's the the best or easiest way to get to Floral Park? 
probably just use Flower Street. Okay. If you're coming south on Flower, you're not able to go directly in. There's traffic diversion, so you have to mm-hmm. turn right or left. But if you're on, on Flower Street going either uh, east or west, you can turn in uh, from 17th Street and, and enter in from that And direction. just in general, we are west of the 5 Freeway. Right, and south of the 22? Is that kind of a quadrant to to get your brain around Mm -hmm. a little bit? Um, And, uh, yeah, because even if you can just go up there and you're in the neighborhood or you're, you know, in North Orange County, just drive through, do a slow drive, and it's just, it's a treat because you just won't believe these homes, um, this neighborhood exists in Orange County. You know, we talk about, we were talking about this before the show, is how... You know, the the county itself is becoming a little bit more historic, and people are are a little more interested in local history because. And we were saying we don't really know the reason for that. If it's just that time has gone by, enough time has gone by that things have kind of reached some maturity. Um, but also, I think, like you said, people are having an appreciation for things that are different, that are things from another time. There was a time when everybody was in love with everything new. In everything in Orange County, you wanted everything brand new and looking the same and the latest and the greatest. And now I think people are yearning a little bit for the past. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? I mean, do you think, would you agree? Yes. My partner and I, I have to say something else about the people who come to Floral Park. They're a very special type of person. They want that. They want the difference. And they themselves are very interesting and different people. For instance, I came from the city. I came from New York. Went to study in New York. My partner and I, two gay guys, come to Orange County. And Orange County was very, you know, conservative, if I could use that word. Yeah. And they just settled so beautifully. They they fell in love with both of us, but they called us roommates. (laughs) That was fine. But I couldn't find better neighbors. And I have to say, Santa Ana, I have to say, Floral Park was very good to me. I've realize that this is the place that will become important in the future. There's so few of these houses left. And the area always maintained itself. So I was fortunate enough to buy every, as as, as the older people were moving over to the beach and the younger people were getting, inheriting the houses. Oh, they don't want those houses, old houses, you know. So that was a marvelous idea to buy houses, redo them, and then put them up for sale. And they would and that's where I really did my best. Yeah. So I have to say thanks to Floral Park, thanks to Santa Ana, thanks to Orange County, <laughs> and the most beautiful place to live in the world, I as far as I'm it. concerned. And I've lived in Europe, I've lived in Rome, I've traveled a great deal. It's, there's no place like Floral Park. You were one of the original, before flipping was cool, you were yes. flipping. <laughs> but I, I realized that, that that style of home, there wasn't that many in Orange County, especially mm-hmm. south. Mm-hmm. I knew that the time, times change, tastes are going to change, is going to want to be this. Yes. And I was just fortunate enough to just do basic work like new roofs and plumbing, the hard, the stuff that costs money. Yeah. And then my partner was a designer. He went to school in New York School of Design and he did all those famous windows in New York and he would just dress it all up for me. And, so uh, team. and I have to say, thanks again. This is what, uh, made me a very nice lifestyle, but I enjoyed teaching, and I always taught. I left the university because I was interested in the two-year colleges. One of the other reasons that brought me out here, we didn't have two-year colleges back east. 
Oh. And because of this community college situation, I was so intrigued with it. And I was including that as part of my study. So I came to Santa Ana and took a temporary job at Santa Ana College, the first the first junior college, I think. Uh, someone could correct me on that. I think we're the oldest junior college in, uh, in California. Well, I think Fullerton may beat us by a couple of years. I was told that we were the, Santa Ana was the Santa first, Ana well, they're celebrating their, they're saying on their celebration, they're well, saying we're the first college and okay. we're 100 years Santa old. Santa Ana so. and Fullerton are going to have to duke it out. We don't uh, know. There we'll it is. Okay. The, we'll have to get to the bottom of it. Both very old and both there right. for a long time. You're right. And I studied the two-year college. I said, this I love. So I gave my university job back east. I said, I want to stay in California and I want the two-year college to give me more time to do my thing. Yeah. Where at the regular university, you have to do a lot of research. And if you don't do that, Excellent. you don't stay. Excellent idea. Well, and and Edwin, you were talking to me too about how there was a time, you know, and, and Lou talks about flipping houses and that when people, you know, a generation would, mm-hmm. would come through and the younger generation didn't want these houses. And you were saying that some of these houses were considered white elephants, was your word, that like yeah. people would be like, they couldn't sell them. They couldn't really get them because nobody nobody wanted a house like this. Um, tell me a little bit about that time. Well, some of the houses were, were older and they were unique. Mm-hmm. They had unique roof styles and, and different designs and it was hard to maintain. They were expensive with uh, American labor going up mm-hmm. and the familiarity with the ranch style house and simpler lines. It was more difficult to find a, a workman who could handle the different styles of roofs uh, that were there just as an example. And the, the plumbing had been getting old, things were outdated. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when the uh, original owners passed away, uh, the the kids already had established someplace else. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the kids would take over the house and, and enjoy it and stay there. There were different periods of time when there wasn't a lot of things for sale. But, but there was someone that I knew in, in high school. His mom would buy different properties. The family would occasionally live in them for a period of time. Uh, and then they would move to someplace else after they had done different improvements uh, to the house. But his uh, mom bought one place and she could not find any partners. Yeah. Uh, to, because they felt that the that the house was a white elephant, and now the the house has the nicest floors <laughs> in the in the neighborhood. It has some really unique attributes, and and uh, the people that live there now wouldn't think of moving, you know, any place else after they were able to purchase the property. Well, but but forty five years before, it was considered to be a white elephant. And thank goodness that somebody that you've done the work that you've done, mm-hmm. Lou, and that people have come in and done this flipping or preserving or coming in and, and rescuing these houses that needed to be restored Ed, especially you did the same thing um, because you know the the fact that this neighborhood still exists as it was is really such a treasure and uh, you know that could have easily gone away mm-hmm. do you think it was your your association that has kind of kept things consistent or is it just the love of the you know the, the kind of neighborhood that's attracted to these homes there, there's little pieces and and some small neighborhoods that are missing that mm-hmm. were around at mm-hmm. one time that are that are no longer there there are there are some houses that got peeled away or houses that got rebuilt or turned into parking lots but that's unusual 
so substantial parts of the neighborhood are still intact but it's been a it's been a fight at, at different times to achieve that to maintain that yeah it's uh it's most unusual how how we all preserve this area when i first came we had no association at all and, and it was my partner and I who were always down to the city complaining about something or wanting this or wanting that. And then one at the time, this is what was sold. What are you trying to do? Keep that neighborhood, made a comment to me, keep you that neighborhood something special? He says, no, I want to keep it. It is something special. Keep it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, their idea was that was going to turn into upscale apartments. Well, we had a marvelous building on the north end of Broadway. I know my partner here will remember. <laughs> It was torn down. It was a magnificent building. Also, it was a true, beautiful California Spanish style. Yeah, and, and it was, was torn lost. down. It was, it was the uh, it was the, what, the Red Door Apartments. Was that what? It, uh, yeah, it was. The it took the whole corner of uh, Santa Clara and Broadway. And Broadway. And the reasoning was: Did they build something else there, or they what? They built modern condominiums okay. instead of trying to work out. Yes. Parking and other issues yeah. with the original structure. Right. Long before anyone th- felt uh, thought, thought of preserving houses. Yeah, it really was a time. And that ranch style was the thing. I had a, If you're from the East, oh, I have to have a ranch style home. And they were building them, you know, almost like assembly line fashion, the, ex- the ranch style. Right. And they were affordable. So, you know, the, right. a lot of people could buy them and they were just the style, the rage, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there was a time, I mean, Irvine history is very much about this. There was no love for preservation in Irvine mm-hmm. when it was built. It was all about creating something new. Mm-hmm. And so, we, you know, the Irvine Historical Society worked very hard to preserve the you know, some of the barns and the shipping areas and things that were historic because there really wasn't, Orange County wasn't a place that was that much into preservation for, for a good while. And now the, I think that if you had a vintage building, you know, that somebody would want to come in and try and save it and do whatever they could to preserve this older building. And you see that all over the place and even new shopping centers and things that are being built out of, you know, the packing house up in in Anaheim. And, you know, there is a... A reverence, I think, for the past now, and fortunately, some there is still a neighborhood where we can go and celebrate that time. But so, gentlemen, well, I'm gonna. You have agreed to stay with me for another half an hour. We're gonna work on into the next thirty minutes. I have them hostage here. I, I haven't locked the doors or anything. <laughs> you are free to leave, but no, they've been kind and said they would hang out for another half hour. So um, this is uh, Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen. And Bell. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Floral Park a little more, some of the famous people and stories of some of these unique houses. And then we're going to talk about the home tour, which is happening next month. And it's a place for all of us to come and be able to tour some of these houses and learn more about it firsthand. So we will be right back. I will see you on the other side.
Ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe If you don't know by now Ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe Doesn't matter anyhow When your rooster crows at the break of dawn Look out your window and I'll be gone You're the reason that I'm traveling on Don't think twice, it's alright That much talking anyway I don't think twice It's alright Thank you. 
Welcome back to Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell, and I am here with uh, three gentlemen from Floral Park in Santa Ana, and they're continuing on with me for another half hour. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> still here. They're still here. Hello, they, and thank you. They didn't go running after the first half hour, which is really good. And um, I am so happy that you're here because you're not just talking about a historic place or a museum or something like that. You're talking about your home. And this is a place uh, that you've lived for many, many years and seen changes, and you love it. And so, to me, we're so fortunate to have people come in and talk about a place that they love because, you know, what's what's better than that um, is learning about a place from people who love it. So thank you for taking the trip to UCI here and um, sharing your neighborhood with us. Um, now, Floral Park, as we talked about before, is in Santa Ana, and it's is that northwest Santa Ana, is that what we'd say, the yes. area? Yes, yes. And um, it is an historic neighborhood of homes that have been there since, you know, starting out in the 1920s and, and moving on through. Um, very unique homes, uh, unique neighborhood in general. I just love, when I go there, the big shady trees. I love to see the big old trees. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of new neighborhoods don't, you know, have the benefit of those big old beautiful shade trees that you have there in Floral Park. Um, but you have some really interesting homes, different architectural styles. Describe for me some of the different house styles that you'd have there. Well, the, I, I kind of like Greenleaf because it's one of the older streets and it has the oldest houses. Mm. Ed Marashi corrected me. There's a Victorian that's, that's actually a, a Victorian era, 1886. That's wow. on the original Floral Park uh, section that was developed by, by Honer and we're lucky that Honer and his partners didn't tear it down so it's still standing today there's people that are living there that are redoing <coughs> the house slowly but surely uh, there's a family there then farther up the street uh, there's a simpler style it's more like four square uh, kind of architecture from 1907 uh, and, and then at the very end of the street at Santa Clara, there's a story and a half craftsman house from 1917. So these are the earliest kickoff points from the different architectural styles. Then we go into the eclectic houses and the different style homes. And then in addition to that, some people that go through the tour or go into an open house are disappointed because homes were smaller at the turn of the century. <laughs> sure. Things got a little bigger in the 1920s, and then they get bigger and bigger in, in later period of time. Ho Floral Park also has a, a good supply of ranch-style homes that were individually built, mm -hmm. and, and they're, you know, a little closer to 2,000-plus square feet on some of the you know, other houses that, that uh, make up the mix of the neighborhood. So you see All much kinds one of, of styles. And, you know, and you, we were talking in the last half hour about um, some of them are, you know, you have the Tudor style. All, it's, it's, it's funny because I live in Irvine where we, we all have mm. a very similar palette of homes and, and whether they're Tuscan or whether they're, you know, Mission Revival or whatever we were trying to recreate here. And uh, there you see just all kinds. It's just a hodgepodge, basically, of different kinds of architectural styles and um you know that's that's really interesting i mean you you just never know on next to a tudor style you'll have um you know the ranch style or whatever it's just really a very interesting eclectic neighborhood of of homes and uh i don't know i think that makes it fascinating 
May I speak about the people? We've oh, been talking please. about homes a great deal. And Floral Park seems to attract a different type of California. California. Okay, tell me about that. Interesting people. Very interesting people. They want something different. That's why they're there. And they're they're all exciting people. They're just talking with all your neighbors. They're just we, It's a neighborhood that's very rare in California. We know people who live around us. They look out for us. They watch our house if we're gone. And all, it's if there's just something about the people that are so special. More on the arty type because they want something different. The I I would say a little more on the intellectual. Can I say that? Mm-hmm. You can. <laughs> and uh, it's just a delightful place to live. And people make it. So, yeah, it's not only the homes. Now the homes, as has been said, are expensive to maintain because I have a, a French style home. It's forty five hundred square feet. And it's nothing but gables. Wow. There's no flat at all. <sighs> well, to get someone to repair that roof is not easy. Yeah. So and it's I'm, a commitment. I mean, a, you have it's to. It's a big commitment. When you get a house in Floral Park, I mean, Ed, you know, you were telling us in the last half hour about how you had to actually go in and restore and and pull up the the ugly carpeting and reveal these beautiful wood floors and all of the effort it it takes commitment to get one of these houses and um so i i can see what you're saying that the people who are moving there are are they come there intentionally you know they want to have this kind of life they're not just like okay well let's just find something with two bedrooms in our price range they're coming to floral park for a reason wouldn't you say oh absolutely um they're looking for that history, that connection. Um, again, people describe it as like a movie lot. They actually do film some TV hmm. shows and things like that once in a while uh, on in Floral Park. So, um, But you're right, it's a commitment. I mean, one of the homes is called the castle because it looks like a fairy book castle. Well, that roof is hand-done wood, and that roof is over $100,000 just when they re-roofed it. Oh, my goodness. So that's the kind of commitment. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's some... Now, I know along with these, um, continuing on with the people, there have been some very kind of local famous people that have lived in in Floral Park and Orange County history people. And who are some of those people? Any stories you want to share with me or people tell me well, about that? first persons, I think, I'm going to think of the Sagerstroms immediately. Mm-hmm. Now... We, Sagerstrom's live on Victoria Drive, and my parents' home were just up the street from there. And Mrs. Sagerstrom was developed a friendship with my mother. And I'll never forget the time that I I was coming home from my job one day, and she's visiting with my mother, and she's telling, "We're going to take a great chance," she says, "to build this covered mall." <laughs> we're taking a great chance, they said, to do this. Uh, and one side is going to be. To get anchors in, they wanted one side was going to be Sears, and the other side was going to be May Company. That was original. And this, the center, look what the center is today. Oh. Fortunately, uh, we, are, we are fortunate to be enough to invite it to the opening, grand opening of it, private opening of all those who worked, who, getting it going and so forth. Beautiful, beautiful opening. And look what's, what we have today. 50 years Internationally later, known. Celebrating their I could be in Rome when they asked me about South Coast Plaza. Mm-hmm. And they want to come. That's the first thing they want to see. So the Sagerstroms lived in Floral Park. Yeah. Any any other? The, the one that I liked the best that had the most rumors about it, and, and I got to be a docent at the house, so I looked a few things up, was the Maharaja Rindor. Yes. Tell me tell yes. me about this house and this, this gentleman. 
his story. The, the Maharaja had um, kind of a, an explosive <coughs> background with his father. Uh, his father was involved with a murder in India, and the Viceroy of India required him to resign or to abdicate in favor of his son. His son had a very young wife who became ill. Uh, he went to Europe to seek medical assistance and his wife passed away. So he had a young daughter. He was in Europe and decided to take a tour of the United States. And since fascism was on the rise and this was heading into the, you know, was into the 1930s, it was probably a good move on his part. <laughs> he, the Maharaja was interested in education. Uh, Santa Ana with its middle school, uh, with a community college that was fairly new but established at mm -hmm. the time, kind of interested him. When he was on his travel in the U.S., he came down with pneumonia. Uh, the railroad doctor suggested that he have a practical nurse and who was divorced. And the, the Maharaja hit it off with a practical nurse. They got married. <laughs> they lived in Floral Park and rented a place while their home was built. They found an architect uh, down in Laguna Beach, and they hired uh, Mr. Honer, the same man who had the original Floral Park subdivision, uh, build a, a modern house for him uh, in, uh, in Floral Park, and then moved in and, and lived there for a number of years. So, so Santa Ana had the Maharaja living there in the 30s. That's, yeah, that wouldn't be something you would normally expect to and, find and he, in Orange he, County. He lived kind of a fast lifestyle, and he was looking for a son to have an heir. The uh, rules for you know, going to the throne required a male heir at the time, and, and he had the daughter. He and his wife didn't have any children or his, with his second wife, and so they were divorced in 1942, and he married somebody else but still remained in the, in the community for that period of time. And that, that house is still there. Right. And now, this brings up a question. So if I wanted to come, and, and I can't come to the home tour, which sadly I can't, but if I wanted to come and just on my own do a self-guided tour, is there any way I can get some um, update as to some of these homes? Is there anything on your website um, for Floral Park? Or, or is that something you guys got to come up with? You guys got to get on that project. One of the things we one of the things we are working on, Ellen, is to take uh, with modern technology, take Google Earth, okay, and Google Maps, and map all the properties on there, so that you can actually walk through the neighborhood, and then you can click on a home. It'll tell you when it was built, what style it is, Fabulous. and who some of the original people were. We're working on that. We've we've got some preliminary stuff done, but that's one of our projects. That's in the what you need. You need an app, right? Everybody needs Everybody an app. Everybody needs an app. You know, even a historic place like Floral Park, who would have thought back when they built these homes in the 20s that someday there would be an an app, of all things, even a phone, <laughs> you would be able to do this on. So time marches on. But so, so speaking of home tours, you all um, have a big event that's happening next month. And, and this year, I understand it's the 25th annual home tour in Floral Park and this is really an extraordinary event and I'm going to I'm going to cheat and look at the brochure that you brought for me but this is happening the end of April um, it's the 29th and 30th is that right a Saturday and Sunday yes, and um, in, it's, a, it's a home tour and why don't you guys tell me a little bit about what that event what takes place there's 
seven homes and four gardens. <coughs> They're working now to get the docents staffed up to make sure that the, the houses are covered and no one is allowed to go through somebody's underwear drawer. So <laughs> well, thank goodness. <laughs> and there's, there's a good flow as far as you know, fire control and crowd control through the, through the homes. Okay. And that's what's being worked on now. Um, there's also a car show that goes on at the same time. Um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, you should go to the website. And, and if you have a vehicle that you like that kind of show... A car show and you also want to pick up some tour booklets and take the tour at the same time and that would be something I would suggest looking into right now by going to the website. So you buy tickets and um, let's see it, I'm looking on here help me out my eyes are bad um, it's $30 a person and that gets you access to the homes that have and when you take a home tour there's somebody in the home a docent there that's going to give you some of the history of the home and tell you a little bit about that and then the other homes that are not on the tour uh, that have gone through the Mills Act or, or are historically significant uh, that have been registered there will be small signs that will be at the edge of the property along the side oh, okay. that will explain the, the houses that are there on that side of the neighborhood and this year it's the neighborhood that's south of Santa Clara so it's not the whole neighborhood that has the activity that's going on but but south of Santa Clara and the the tickets and the uh, information there'll be a booth set up at Santa Clara and Victoria so you can buy tickets that day but do you ever sell out I mean is that something you might want to do in advance it might be a little bit easier to get it in advance to get an earlier shot okay at going on the tour there's also uh, distributors and some nonprofit groups that set up booths that have uh, different material for sale. Oh, okay. My, f my favorite woman is the pillowcase lady, but there's <laughs> other people that'll have some <laughs> antiques and some designer type of activities. So it's there. a small town kind of event, neighborhood event. And, and, the, and the, the families group, which is separate but operates in a little bit bigger area in the north end of town, also sells lemonade as a fundraiser. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love Floral Park. I want to move there. I Every time I learn about a new place, I want to move there. My husband's like, okay, great. Thanks. We're going to move all over. Um, but so to buy these tickets, I actually put this on my website, uh, the information and the link to your website. But it's, um, I'm looking on here. Do you know your website? Well, uh, Floralpark.com. Oh, there you go. And Flor so you can buy tickets in advance for $30 or $35 a day of the thing. So okay. that's why you may want to get them early. Also, we have... Um, food booths and this year we're going to be featuring a wine tent <gasps> okay and then nice. in each house there's multiple docents so you have one docent per one or two rooms and they meet with a homeowner before they go on duty to learn about the home and all that stuff so as you're walking through the home you can actually ask these folks questions about it and and i saw here that you have electric carts like little golf carts that you can rent so if it's if you think that the walking tour is too much or maybe you want to just kind of do a nice casual drive around floral park when you're there you can rent a golf cart um and is that information on your website as well Okay, so I have a phone number here, um, 714-672-0776, um, but it, I'll have that on my website too, or just go on the Floral Park um, website to find out about that, because that sounds like a really fun thing to do too. One of my favorite things is, when you are a docent, the question I always love to hear 
is where does that door go? <laughs> and you say, calmly, you say, it goes to the basement. And people just are like blown away that California homes actually have a basement. Well, pretty much every home in Floral Park does. And so their next question is, can we go down there? Can we go down can there? And it's like, it? no, we can't. It's a liability. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's amazing. And a lot of time, the, the they're called, the, the more romantic term for it is California sellers. It doesn't necessarily cover the whole house. Right. And a lot of times it's this postage stamp area that would handle the water heater and a convection current heater so it was placed in the basement because the heat will rise and warm up the rest of the house. And you were telling me before the show, too, about how sometimes people will come in and they'll see, you know, they bought a home or they want to renovate a home. And you have to explain to them what the kitchen setup is. And it was the California cooler, the California cooler which is not a, a wine spritzer, but it actually was an appliance. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, people would be using ice boxes for the mm-hmm. earliest houses and in, into the 1920s and if i remember correctly in 1926 there were only 5000 domestic refrigerators uh, in use in the united states everybody else had the ice man so they would put a little card in the front window the ice man would know the size of block of ice to deliver you'd bring it around the back you know put it in the ice box on the back porch or in the kitchen that would be left open for him and the same thing would happen uh, as far as delivering milk. But the, the ice box was just limited in, in, its, in its size. And so one of the things that ha- came out of uh, Victorian times, especially in the Southwest United States and, and California, is they would have uh, a cabinet in the kitchen or in the, in the, on the back porch in the laundry room, and it would go from floor to ceiling. And you can tell when what what it was when you see the giveaway is is slotted shelves. They're oh, not okay, so sl- that the air could go through. And so they would have uh, an opening in underneath the house. Usually more helpful if they had a, a a cellar or a basement, but that's not necessary. And they would have an opening that would be screened for insects and rodents. <laughs> you know, in the top of the uh, a kitchen, and inside they would have convection uh, currents that would bring cooler air up from underneath the house. And that would that cabinet would be used for things like tomatoes and potatoes, cucumbers, peppers. You could cool. You could put a bottle of wine or something in there, so it would be cooler than the, what the kitchen temperature would be. And it might be, depending on how well it was built, it might be 12, 15, 16 degrees cooler in the California cooler. So it was an extension of the refrigerator, an extension mm-hmm. of the ice box. And a lot of times when people go in, they don't realize what they have. A lot of kitchens have been changed out because they wanted to expand the house or expand the, the kitchen room, and these things disappear. And if I, you know, if I know one exists and a new neighbor moves in, when I get a chance, I'll explain to them what it is and that it's, they still work. That they're still, they still a potential function. they still have that treasure function. in their kitchen. Yeah, yeah. so there still are... California coolers in Floral Park. Yeah, there's a lot of them that are missing. A lot of <laughs> kitchens have changed out, but but it's always but kind of interesting there. to to ask a couple of questions of the homeowner and see what's there, and and then point that out to people if you're able to leave a kitchen cabinet open. Sometimes the uh, you'll have an old lower and an upper cabinet and even a drawer 
that's built in, but everything has a slotted shelf to uh, maintain the current. And no electricity required. None. So it's there you go. Passive. It's very green. All you know, totally it's passive. everything old is new again. Very it's now. Very green. It's very, very now, now. Isn't exactly. It? And so speaking of something you're doing now, I know you're working on a project to get the whole neighborhood declared a historic district. And I know this takes an enormous amount of time. Um, people may not realize how much effort goes in to getting an area declared to be a national um, historic district. Tell me a little bit about that process and um, kind of where you're at with the whole project. A few years back, um, the neighborhood, of course, people moving into this neighborhood love the historic nature of it and really want to make it a true historic district. So they started off doing it. And when we found out how much it was going to cost and things at that time, uh, they kind of, the, the effort dwindled. And so as we fast forward, more individual homeowners step forward to put their home on the historic registry and then also get the Mills Act. The Mills Act is a, a tax savings. So instead of being taxed at your regular property tax, you're taxed at a different rate, a lower rate, because mm -hmm. the city figures you're going to take some of that money, put it back into the home to keep the home looking nice. So you sign an agreement with the city that says anything from the front of the house, from a street view, we're going to maintain that look. Uh, if you're going to change anything, you've got to go through the planning department to do that. Okay. So as more and more homeowners rolled on, we went back and looked at that again at the end of last year and said, you know, now it may be doable. Because now we don't have to get a professional to write up every one of the homes that you have to write up because a lot of them are already on the historic registry. Ah, okay. So it made sense. So one of our board members, Julie, took it on, started a committee, and a couple other members said, hey, I think it'd be great if we could get the Orange Coast Community College architectural students involved. And then we started getting other schools involved, and their students would take that on as a project to write up each of the homes. So when you create a national uh, historic district, you have to put in a little paragraph about each home, uh, the characteristics, when it was built, and all that. And then the bulk of the application is why this neighborhood is important to save. That's the contextual statement, which is really key and important. And the city of Santa Ana right now is um, extremely helpful in this whole process. Uh, they have a commission set aside to look at the properties as they're presented to them and go through it. Uh, the city also helps write up some of the properties. But being a homeowner who went through that process, one of the greatest things is what we talked about Google Maps as technology. Well, having access to newspapers.com and ancestry.com, you can now do the research of your home and find out exactly what the previous owners did. And that is just absolutely fascinating in itself. And so the Santa Ana Library has a history room that helps you do that. And so does the courthouse. So once you write that up, um, you take it to the commission and... Uh, and like I said, the city has been really good about it. Uh, we have, uh, a couple of years ago, we have a new executive planning director, uh, Hassani Aghani. And he came from Glendale. And in Glendale, he started seven different uh, historic districts. So he's very familiar with them. And he's brought that expertise into the Santa Ana and is helping share that. So one of the key elements is they've reduced the cost of getting on the National Registry to zero dollars right now. 
Good price. And then they dropped the Getting on the Mills Act to just a little over 2000 half the price of what it used to be. So there's a lot of incentives to save it. And as far as a neighborhood, there's incentives to save the neighborhood so that what happened in another neighborhood nearby, which is Washington Square, there was a homeowner whose home burned down and they didn't have enough money in insurance and everything else to rebuild. So they actually brought in a prefab home and set it up in that neighborhood. Wow. And that's, yeah, exactly, wow. And that's what we don't want to happen. We want to preserve some of the neighborhoods. So that's why we're shooting to become a historic district. So that's wonderful. I know it's a lot of work and a lot of effort, but it, it certainly is worth saving. And I think, I, I like what you said, that it's kind of like each story, each, each home tells the story. And um, that's what you're preserving, is not only your time in the home, but the time of the people who lived there before you and, and before you. And, and it's just such a, a valuable resource that it's exciting to hear people motivated to save it it really is um well gentlemen i we've come to the end of an hour believe i told you it would go by quickly i know it went by fast but you know floral park obviously if you've been listening at all this afternoon you know it's a special place and um i i've been there a couple times myself as an outsider just walking through um but as somebody who's lived there what's your kind of to sum up what's what do you love about floral park start with you Ed. It, it's it's just well established and, and it's been there for quite a while and there's a interesting and, and generally pleasant group of people that are there Lou it's home and as I said being in the same house for 57 years it's really home <laughs> and the uh, and the people are as I say it these these houses just seem to attract a certain type of person the kind you would like to be with. Yeah. And Ed, sum it up for, for us. I agree. It's the home, <laughs> but more importantly, it's the people that live there. Uh, every quarter we have a mixer at somebody's home, and you'll easily have, I've seen upwards of 100 people show up in a neighborhood that has 640 homes in it. So wow. that says a lot. Well, that is special, and I, I encourage everybody to to get out to this home tour and support this wonderful preservation in this neighborhood and, and get to meet the people. Obviously, the people are special in Floral Park, and they're welcoming you to their neighborhood and and buy some lemonade and walk through these homes and, and just enjoy this little bit of Orange County that we can all enjoy. So thank you, gentlemen, for being with me. Um, Ed Murashi, Lou Pecora, and Edwin Power. Thank you so much for being with me. Have safe travels back back to Floral Park. And for those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to Vintage Orange this week. I'm